This is the Jules Duncan podcast. I'm Jules Duncan and I'm here to help you love the life you live and the body you are in. I help busy women with a million things to do in a week, ditch the cycle of restricted diets and finally find balance with their fitness, nutrition and most importantly, confidence. If this sounds like you, head to julesduncancoaching.com. If not, enjoy this episode. Let's chat about fat loss and the five most important factors to fat loss. So when it comes to fat loss, so many people, now imagine this, imagine you've just bought a house, right? So you've bought this new house and it needs lots of work done on it. A lot of things that people focus on in relation to fat loss are like buying this new house that needs all this work done on it, done on it. And then before you've refitted the carpets, before you've refitted the bathroom and the kitchen and all of this, they're like, well, what color of towels will I put in my bathroom when I'm done? So a lot of the things that people focus on with fat loss are things that aren't going to make the greatest of impacts. So the five things I'm going to share with you today are the five things that make the greatest impact to your fat loss. It is what is going to do essentially 85% of the work for you. And if you can nail these five things, then your fat loss journey becomes so much easier. And then, yeah, of course, you can start looking at the details. But nail these five basic things first and you will get amazing fat loss results that is not causing you loads of stress. So the first one, the most important one, is a small calorie deficit. Now, everyone's like, yeah, no calorie deficit. I need to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat. The important part here is a small calorie deficit. I know a lot of people are now going to think, but if I want to lose fat, should I not be in a bigger calorie deficit, a bigger calorie deficit, greater fat loss? Well, technically, yes. However, huge big calorie deficits just make your life miserable. Like it means that you're just, you find it completely unsustainable, it's stressful, and it's much, much harder to maintain. Whereas if you are in a small calorie deficit, if you're in a small, sorry, I'm just letting people in from the waiting room. If you're in a small calorie deficit, it is much easier to maintain. You can still include things in your life, like going out for meals, meeting friends for lunch, nights out, days out with the family. A small calorie deficit is still a calorie deficit. Therefore, you are still going to lose fat because you are still consuming less calories than you are burning but it is much more manageable and you can then maintain your calorie deficit seven days a week, four months, four weeks of the month, 12 months of the year, if obviously you're working on it for that long. But it makes it much more of a lifestyle, much more manageable and much more sustainable. Rather than going for a huge calorie deficit, you stick to it for about three weeks. Yeah, you lose a whole bunch of weight, but then you're so fed up with it that you just go back to your normal eating patterns, or even you go back to over-consuming because you've been so miserable on that huge calorie deficit. So number one basic thing to get right is a small calorie deficit. 
Number two is your protein. A really good number for protein for most people is around 100 grams of protein a day or like 30 gram serving of protein with every meal and try and include some protein in your snacks. So the reason for this being is that fat and carbs are our energy providers. Protein does a different job. Protein is helping you rebuild your muscles, regrow your muscles, looking after your immune system. And protein is satiating for your appetite. And what that means is if you have a decent amount of protein in your meals, like 25, 30 grams of protein in your meals, when you get to the end of your meal, you feel so much more satisfied from your meal. You feel fuller. You feel, ah, box ticked. And then you move on with the rest of your day, your rest of your evening, rather than if you have something that's just purely carbohydrate based and your protein's really low, that's why you'll get some days you think, I've actually ate quite a lot today. But I'm still just hungry. I'm still just looking for something. And a lot of the time that comes from your protein just being that wee bit too low. Whenever I work with someone new and we increase their protein and we get them around 100 grams a day, they always come back to me and they're like, wow, this is such a difference. Like what I thought at three o'clock in the afternoon or at eight o'clock at night, what I thought was willpower and a lack of willpower is actually a lack of nutrients. Now that I'm eating enough protein, I don't feel as if I'm struggling with hunger as much at three o'clock, eight o'clock at night, because their appetite from their lunch and from their dinner is satisfied because they have had enough protein. So a small calorie deficit and included in that small calorie deficit, enough protein, a hundred grams a day is a good guide to get you started, but everybody will be that wee bit different, but it's a good place to start from. Your third factor is your steps. So steps is your neat activity, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Your steps is just generally how much you move in a day. We say steps, like you don't actually have to count steps. You don't have to use a Fitbit or an Apple Watch and actually count your steps. But it's a good way to actually judge how much you're moving in a day. Because as anybody with a Fitbit knows, there's plenty of times that you think, wow, I have not stopped today. And you look at your Fitbit and you've done like four and a half thousand steps. Or there's other days that you feel as if you've not done that much. You look at your Fitbit and you've done 12,000 steps. So actually monitoring your steps is a really good way to judge how active you are generally day to day. The actual level of activity, your general other than sleeping, level of activity contributes so much more to the overall calories you burn than your workouts. So if you go to the gym for an hour, you absolutely smash a workout, you're doing really high intense cardio, you're doing heavy weights. Amazing. There's so many benefits to that, but that's a whole other chat. That's only one hour of your day and it's not even every day. So your actual workouts only contribute something like 5% of the entire calories you burn in the week. Your steps, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your neat activity contributes way more like 15 or 20% of the actual calories you burn in a day and in a week. So to create that calorie deficit, so you've obviously got your calories, your small calorie deficit, remember? You've got your calories and then you've got your activity and the amount you burn is the difference between them. 
if you want to increase the calories you burn rather than adding in more workouts, just be a wee bit more active during the day. So keeping up your overall level of activity and your step count contributes hugely to your fat loss results. So think about that the next time that you're thinking, what else can I add in? What else should I be doing for fat loss? Don't overcomplicate it. Don't think, do I need a fancier workout? Do I need to take up a new type of workout? Look at how active you are day to day and what your general level of activity is, what your step count is. Can you add a thousand steps to what you have been doing during the day, which is going to increase the difference between the calories you're eating and the calories you're burning that wee bit more to aid your fat loss. Number four is sleep. Sleep plays a huge part in fat loss. So there are two hormones that are very, very active in your levels of hunger and your levels of fullness that are connected with your sleep. They are ghrelin and leptin. I always think ghrelin sounds like gremlin, but that's a whole other story. So ghrelin is how hungry you are. The less you sleep, the higher your levels of ghrelin. So the less you sleep, the more of your hunger hormone that there is. There is increased levels of ghrelin with lack of sleep. And leptin is the hormone that makes you feel full, that tells you you have had enough to eat. When you don't sleep enough, your leptin levels are lower. So if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not getting in between that seven to nine hours of sleep, everybody's a wee bit different, but that over seven hours, you're going to have lower levels of leptin. So it's going to take you longer and be harder for you to feel full. And the hormone that makes you feel hungry is going to be increased. So you're always going to have that little difference in your regular hormone levels. You're feeling full hormones low. You're feeling hungry hormones, feeling high. And how you readjust them is by getting enough sleep so that they are balanced so that when you do eat, you feel full. And in between meals, that hunger hormone isn't elevated. The fifth and final factor, the most basic thing you can do to get fat loss results is have patience. What often happens with fat loss is people calculate things out. So they go, right, I've had a deficit of 3,500 calories this week. Therefore, I should stand on the scales and see a one pound difference. It doesn't work like that. It's not like lifting money out the bank that... The results are immediately shown. Our bodies are just far too complex and far too much of a complicated system for it to literally work on a credit and debit immediate change format. So if you actually monitor your weight, for example, if you were to monitor your weight every single day for 30 days and you were in a calorie deficit every one of those days, Say even we keep more factors the same and you eat the same things every day. So you consume exactly the same amount of calories every day. Your steps are the same. Your sleep's the same. All of the four other factors are exactly the same for 30 days. And you weigh yourself every day. At the same time of those 30 days, your weight is still going to fluctuate. There will still be pikes, 
peaks. <laughs> there will be peaks, there will be troughs, there will be plateaus because your body is a complex system. However, if you follow the first four steps consistently over a period of 30 days or 60 days, you will see an overall tracking down of your weight and you will see a tracking down and it will show fat loss. However, it is not going to work on a, I ate in a calorie deficit yesterday, I should be lighter today. It is always going to go up and go back down, but overall it will track down. So the fifth most important one is have a little bit of patience with it. Stick with something, stick with your plan for a full 30 days before you decide it's not working. So many people only stick to a plan for five days. They don't see any results on the scale and they're like, oh, this just isn't working. Have some patience with it. Stick to something for a full 30 days. Then look at the results on average over 30 days before you make a decision if you need to change something. So stick to a small calorie deficit, much more manageable, much more sustainable. Protein, around 100 grams a day. Get your steps up. Get outside. Get some fresh air in. Get your steps up, get in enough sleep, balance those hunger hormones and have patience with it. So those are the five most basic things, the most important factors to fat loss. So if you have got any questions, you can reach out to me. Let me know if you've got anything additional you want me to explain on this. I'm happy to chat about this more. If anybody needs any help with their calories, if they think their calorie goal doesn't suit them, by all means, reach out to me. I'm certainly happy to help. And if you need a little bit of help on your fat loss and fitness journey, you can reach out to me at Jules Duncan Coaching on Instagram or on Facebook. And I am happy to help you with setting some of your goals and getting you on the right path for 2023. <laughs>